We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 5 edition of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, uh, joined as always by my man Ian Harditz from over there at Pro Football Focus. Uh, Ian, it's uh, I'm having a pretty good like football season, DFS, sports betting, all around. Uh, this show is a big part of my process, so uh, I'm just... Uh, I'm glad I get to do the show with someone a lot smarter than me. <laughs> so kind, Brit. Well, you know, I did have to carry us a little bit last week when, unfortunately, your internet cut out for about half the show. But the piano in the background looking as good as ever, my friend. And, yeah, it's a great day. It'd be great. Love okay. this slate. It's uh, it's just wild, man. Like, looking at even that tight end, like, top price tight end this week is 5200 I mean, I ain't playing gotta... George Kittle. I don't care. Hey, hey you say <laughs> that now. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. But, yeah, again, very interesting slate. And, of course, we got another uh, London game. So, anyone out there with your redraft teams don't forget to uh just maybe peep that lineup one time before sunday morning so you can get an extra hour or two yeah i couldn't believe it i was listening to the pick six show with uh dean and uh a couple of the other guys and this is the first time two winning teams have ever been in london can you believe that <laughs> well the <laughs> like, giants are like the most fraudulent three and one team ever so i don't know uh all right let's get into week five uh we always do this with the mismatch manifesto Ian tweets it out during the week. Uh, if you have a pro football focus subscription, you are able to read that along with everything else over there. Uh, let's get into the explosive play rate. Uh, I've got a couple targets for props I'm looking at, maybe not based off this, but I think there's some supporting evidence. Uh, what are some teams through the air, through the ground, look set up to get some big chunk yards? Excellent for us if you're looking for props, if you're looking for DFS uh, Millie Maker winners. Yeah, so the two that really pop out um, that I think we could get some complimentary receivers with are going to be the Saints and the Titans. Not exactly the matchups we're going to be targeting, or I think people are going to be overly going after. I know Chris Olave could be cash viable, but hey, if we have Michael Thomas out again, like let's not let a one-week sample size of a down game you know, completely get us off Jarvis Landry sitting there at just 4,300. And similar thing with the Titans, man, where it's you look at this offense, and this season, they're third in EPA per play in the first half, and then they're dead last in the second half. So 
So they're kind of like the Cardinals who have been 32nd in the first half and first in the second half where you look at the final result. It's always kind of in the middle, but they really have shown the ability to operate at a high level for stretches of the game. God forbid we ever get a complete matchup. I guess a Washington team that, Hey, we have seen put up some points. Maybe this could be a bit of a sneaky shootout in Washington. I don't think it's a game. A lot of people are particularly on. So guys, you know, on the other side of the ball from Terry, from Curtis, Robert Woods, Kyle Phillips, without Traylon Burks in there, it does condense things just a little bit now. So, Alave, Landry, Phillips, uh, Woods, I think are some, you know, solid enough complimentary tournament pieces. Anything in the run game we can look at? Uh, we'll just wait for the yards before contact part. That's using my main go-to for running backs. All right. We'll scroll down to that in just a second. Let's go to pace. I always want a lot of plays, more plays, more fantasy points, less plays, less fantasy points is the general rule. What are some fast paced games? What are some slow paced games? Yeah, I can't score fantasy points without the football. That's just the next this is some of the next level stuff we find at PFF, Britt. But I'm hitting yeah, analysis. Exactly. Houston and uh Jacksonville and the Bears and Vikings really popping off as as the highest paced games. That Vikings matchup is the one that's interesting to me because we we're all pretty much in agreement that they're gonna beat the shit out of the Bears. But once you start kind of looking at the pieces involved, no one is really all that highly owned. So Kirk Cousins, you know, with Jefferson and Thielen, maybe throw some Irv Smith in there. And maybe we finally get that Dalvin Cook breakout game. Man, I know it's just been, you know, one week after another. He's only got one touchdown this season. We had to worry about the shoulder, but it's still Dalvin. Even last week, man, with that banged up shoulder being more of like a game time issue-ish. I mean, I know he was full practice by the end of the week, but it was more of a concern last week than it was this week. You know, he went out there and had 20 rush attempts. So against this Bears defense, where if we look once we get to the yards before contact stuff here in a second, uh, you're going to see just how much of a mismatch it could be at the line of scrimmage for that Vikings offense. Yeah, in Seattle and New Orleans, you got Tennessee at Washington to some slower pace games. What's yeah. going on with those two? So it, that's the unfortunate part. With that said, when we do have, you know, some of the aforementioned positives going in the way the Titans and the Saints and the explosive plays, I do think they could be efficient enough to make up for it. But yeah, you know, they're going to let the play clocks go. And I think having uh, Andy Dalton uh, under center, like when you look at the quarterbacks involved in some of these teams, I don't blame them for milking the clock a little bit. And you got that Seattle defense. I'm pretty sure they're playing with 10 men on the field on every snap right it's now. It's so that's bad. <laughs> and that's a, hey, uh, Alvin Kamara, man, I know last week we all were expecting him to just be captain check down. And they weren't on the main slate, so it wasn't going to be a, uh, you know, actual like other than showdown play or anything but just hey if we do have dalton again under center instead of Jameis, and against the seattle defense that historically man they have liked to sit back anyway and give up plenty of those underneath receptions to running backs so we're seeing what this defense is you know obviously without bobby wagner taking his talents elsewhere and now just crushing uh fans during games and then also jamal adams being out i know everyone loves to kind of poke fun at jamal adams but at least against the run man that dude was a savage around the line of scrimmage so really alvin kamara this week you know in a backfield that now has no Latavius Murray and we saw Kamara when he came back after initially missing the game they gave him his usual workload so wouldn't be surprised at all if we see a uh, Kamara only 6600 uh may blowing up the slate speaking of Saints I had the sickest prop sweat ever last week on Mark Ingram I don't want to get into it too into it too much uh but those of you that play on the prop sites were probably along with me uh a hero was Mark Ingram for coming oh, back was it that game. what he hit uh, well, it was 22 and a half for a long time on the prop sites, even after oh. Kamara got ruled out. And then he, he went over, he had 23, then he goes negative on one play and gets hurt and goes <laughs> out, but then he comes back into the game. So oh he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a true prop hero last week, Mr. Mark Ingram. Uh, let's true. go to pressure rate. We want our quarterback to stay upright. We want our defenses to get sacks. Yeah. Uh, there are some, you know, like Cleveland, they've got some heavy hitters coming back in the defensive line. So maybe you can't read into some of these too much, but what are we looking at here? 
Yeah, the one that really looks screwed is going to be Matthew Stafford and the Rams against Michael Parsons and the Cowboys. As much as, you know, we want to talk about Allen Robinson not doing anything and just the whole offense, you know, way too much of it going through Tyler Higby. PFF's dead last offensive line and pass blocking grade so far resides in Los Angeles. So not exactly, you know, a great matchup there against Michael Parsons and the Cowboys top five pass rush for the season. On the other side of things, Cooper Rush set up pretty well, and I'm not expecting Jalen Ramsey to be shadowing CeeDee Lamb. I mean, they've already had multiple high-end matchups this year against like Stefan Diggs um, and, and other dudes that if Ramsey was going to shadow, I think he would have already. And no, we've seen Ramsey get beat a few times here and there uh, over his last, you know, five, 10 games as it is. So CeeDee Lamb continues to haul in 10 plus targets a week. Don't be surprised if he makes the most of those. Obviously, Philadelphia Eagles set up well against the Cardinals and also, man, Tampa Bay at home against the Falcons. Ever since Brady has gotten to Tampa, it's been a freaking laser show whenever they've played the Falcons. We saw last week how willing they were just to embrace the passing game the second that they couldn't run because finally all their weapons are back. So, you know, getting into our cast lineups here in a little bit, I do think, you know, building around Tom Brady and a very affordable Chris Goblin makes a lot of sense. All right, let's go to that yards before contact. Uh, good for our running backs. We want them, you know, clear lines. Uh, we, we don't want our running backs getting stuffed, you know, behind the line of scrimmage here. What are we looking at? Looks like Detroit, uh, the Detroit Jamal Williams prop is 61 and a half. I've already hit that. If anyone's on price picks, it's at 55 and a half for some strange reason. So go get that on rush yards. He looks set up pretty good. What else are we looking at? Yeah, and I mean, the Patriots have been the league's worst defense in terms of yards before contact uh, allowed per carry. So it's a mixture of the Lions being really freaking good and the Patriots, you know, surprisingly being bad. It's, it's I, I thought, you know, Bill Belichick always took away the number one option, man. How come Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon ran for like 190 yards uh, last week? I don't know, Britt. The, the questions that mainstream media aren't, aren't asking, <laughs> I guess. But yeah, Detroit, Jamal Williams set up well. I will say we didn't get the overall, like I would be wary of Jamal Williams in cash because unfortunately his overall role didn't increase that much without DeAndre Swift. He only played 50% of the snaps, and we had Justin Jackson and Craig Reynolds really taking the other half of the pie. So they're not involved enough in their own right to be, uh, you know, actual options. But Jamal Williams, I still think he'll mostly, you know, get to 20 touches, but heavy majority going to be rush attempts. So on a full PPR site like DraftKings, I'd be looking elsewhere in cash. Uh, Falcons backfield, such a mess. But hey, you know, they are set up, I guess, well against Tampa. That's more so a testament to how well Atlanta's run the ball. I mean, as much as we do want to poke fun at Arthur Smith and stuff, I mean, they really won a game last week where Mariota only completed seven passes. All those guys were balling, but I think the volume's going to be too split up to have any major takeaways but once again yeah alvin kamara this week rushing receiving all signs pointing towards a really big game for him all right let's go down just a little bit more combined yards for drop back uh, we can have our quarterbacks getting deep fantasy points for us uh, on some on some deep targets uh is andy dalton gonna go ham is, is that what i'm reading correctly here uh, this, game, I, I, this game is pretty interesting it's how, it's how bad is the seattle defense versus andy dalton yeah, I mean, look, this is obviously factoring more so into what Jameis brings to the table. So we need to keep that in mind when some of these backups are, uh, you know, kind of changing changing the colors going on here. With that said, again, more signs for Chris Olave, who had a touchdown last week with Dalton and can get deep, open deep against pretty much anyone, especially the secondary. And Philly, what's interesting is I think A.J. Brown is going to catch that Byron Murphy shadow that we remember. He did such a great job on Devontae Adams back in week two, holding him to like 10 yards on only two catches. So if they do that strategy again, 
again. Now we get Devontae Smith actually, you know, probably being the beneficiary of a lot more single coverage against a Cardinal secondary that's been uh, very exposed this year. So I like Devonta Smith. I like Dallas Goddard a ton uh, mm-hmm. GPPs this week because we know Philly's going to be putting up points and Arizona has shown the ability to take away one of the best wide receivers in the game already in Devontae Adams. So also would just add a uh, Miami looking good against the Jets. Don't completely sleep on Teddy and what these receivers can do, especially if we are going to see Tyreek out with the quad and now things will be even more condensed around Jalen Waddle. So far this year, Britt, top two wide receivers in yards per route run, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Same damn offense. I think Tyreek Hill probably suits up uh, from if I was reading the tea leaves correctly, but we'll see how that goes on Sunday. Uh, all right, let's get to the EPA per play. Always fun, uh, at least from a sports betting perspective. Uh, any you know underdogs that we should maybe be looking at to, to win out right this week? Yeah, we two weeks ago they went three and one last week they go zero oh and five so it's it's starting to miss a little bit here Britt. With that said, uh, Giants, Browns, Bears, Commanders, Cowboys, and Bengals popping out of that group. I would say that the Cowboys at plus five and a half, given some of the pressure numbers, given the fact that again this Rams offense has just looked overall broken for the heavy majority of the sixteen quarters they've played this season. So I would say out of those, the Cowboys at plus five and a half, uh, I'd most be willing to actually go for them as the money line winning straight up yeah i like that one i've bet that one too and i think i'm on a couple of your other bets that we'll get to in just a second uh so that's going to do it for the mitch mismatch manifesto uh again you can check that out on ian's uh twitter feed if you wanted to do that or if you have a subscription over pro football focus you can read that and one of the other what 10 million articles that pop up on pro football (laughs) focus get the grades uh, all that fun stuff i use a lot of that stuff for my sports betting uh, picks and things like that as well Uh, All right. Speaking of sports betting picks, let's jump into some of these. This is slowly, maybe not slowly, but quickly becoming uh, my favorite portion of the show, honestly. Uh, So I have the strangest record this year. I am three and two, but I have three ties. I'm sick. (laughs) I told you last week I'm sick of the ties. I'm sick of the ties. Uh, But at least I'm three, two and three beats like three and five or three and six or something like that. So so I'll take it. Uh, A couple of ones. I gave you the look ahead line on the Eagles last week. Uh, at minus three and a half versus Arizona, that got up to five and a half. So we got plenty of uh, line movement on that one. I don't have a look ahead line this week. I looked through them. I didn't really see anything too enticing, but I'm going, I'm doubling down on the Eagles in the first half is minus three. And this is really simple. You made uh, a, a comment about this. The Eagles are scoring 23 points per game in the first half. And the Cardinals are scoring four points per game in the first half. Now the Eagles in the second half, sure, they can come out, Kyler Murray's done playing Call of Duty. He's ready to rock in the second half of games. But at the first half of the games, this is a clear mismatch so far this season. Uh, I'm going with the Eagles first half minus three. I like the Eagles to win this pretty much going away, in my opinion. Uh, You can look at some alt spreads, too, over a touchdown, over ten and a half, things like that. Uh, I think the Eagles just absolutely trounce Arizona. These are two very different teams. Uh, And then the other bet I have, uh, I've got the Niners minus six and a half over Carolina. And this is really uh, the Niners defense pro football focuses number one defense by far uh, against Carolina, who I don't even know, do they have any offense at all? Baker Mayfield at quarterback. They are the 30th graded offense. To me, this screams an easy touchdown victory. Uh, And we know the San Francisco offense is still pretty good. I don't think the Carolina defense is that great. You add it all up. Uh, I I like the the Niners minus six and a half pretty easily. Uh, Again, another one, this could be like a, a 24 to 
seven, you know, some alt spreads on this one is certainly a game I'm looking at as well. I've got those up all the way to 13 and a half, 13 and a half on the Niner side. These are two of my favorite, you know, spread picks of the week. Props are always my favorite. We'll get to those in just a second. Uh, but what are you looking at this week, Ian? Got a teaser, three teamer right here. Green right. Bay, Green Bay minus eight down to minus two. The Vikings right. from minus seven and a half to minus one and a half. And then you're making a lot of sense with the 49ers. I don't really trust Jimmy G, but man, everything else in that matchup is just so heavily San Fran's way. So if you want to go 49ers, I think that's reasonable. Or man, just Tampa minus 10. The minus four number doesn't look good, but it's Brady versus Mariota and Brady with all of his weapons. So with all those, you can get plus 180 odds. So again, right now, I am going to stick with Packers, Vikings, and Buccaneers with that three-teamer. Just looking at those quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers versus a banged-up version of Daniel Jones. That could be honestly horrific. We got Kirk Cousins at home. Okay, like I'm Kirk Cousins, hear me out, facing Justin Fields and the Spurs offense who, you know, what, threw for 170 yards last week, and we were like, wow, you know, get a, get a load of this. So I just don't think that, you know, we're look, we're basically able to bet against some of the worst teams in the league right now with all due respect to some of the things that the Falcons and Giants have been able to do getting those early wins, but I am not buying it. And then also just, I like I do like another couple dogs this week after going two and one with them last week. Seahawks plus five and a half. Look, they're either facing a banged up Jameis Winston or they're getting Andy Dalton who did not look impressive at all, in my opinion, last week in London against uh, the Vikings. So just with the Seattle team, we know the defense isn't any good. I get that. But five and a half points for a team that I think has actually shown way more than the actual Saints have this year. I understand the Saints have been banged up, but they're still banged up. So Geno Smith can at least lead this offense, I think, to enough success to cover that spread, if not win outright. And then a similar sentiment with the Detroit Lions, plus three and a half against the Patriots team. Like, I just don't think the Patriots or the Saints have played well enough to be, you know, more than field goal favorites against pretty much anyone, let alone offenses that we can actually buy into a little bit and maybe force them to put up some points when they're very likely going to be with their backup quarterback. So for me, yeah, I, okay, I get it. I wouldn't take the money line necessarily on the Patriots or the Saints, but I just think over, over a field goal for either of those teams, a little too much in my opinion, Britt. Yeah, I've actually bet Seattle money line and Detroit money line. And I like both of them to win there outright. So I'll, I'll take the spread. I'll take the money line on both of those as Even well. Better. So I'm, I'm in agreement with both of those. And I want to note too, the Green Bay and Minnesota, those the Wong teaser, anytime you can mix in the Wong teaser crossing the seven and the three, we're, we're for that at Road yep. Grinders. So, so congrats on, on picking the right ones on those ones. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, let's go into some player props. Uh, I, they, they are scared me, Ian. It's official. They're not giving me Evan McPherson field goals yet. They're not giving me Daniel Carlson field goals yet. You guys can just, whatever they are, as long as they're like minus 140 or better, just go ahead and bet those over one and a half field goals when those pop up in the sports books. They don't, they're not releasing them yet. Um, I got a couple more. I got Brees Hall over 10 and a half rush attempts. This is on MGM. Uh, so they have by far the best line on this one. I had 17 rush attempts last week. He's taken over. He's better than Michael Carter in every aspect. And the Jets are letting their rookies, they're letting uh, they're letting the rookie wide receiver get a ton of playing time. They're letting Brees Hall. The rookie takeover is in effect for the Jets. And the 10 and a half, I don't understand why this is 10 and a half. This should be like 12 and a half, 13. I know he was dinged up a little bit with nicks and bruises. Nicks and bruises don't keep anyone out of an NFL football game. Brees Hall is going to go over 10 and a half rush attempts, minus 130. Again, bet MGM is your best line for that one. And then we were talking about in the explosive plays, uh, Terry McLaurin, right? So we've got, uh, I like his longest reception prop over 23 and a half. Uh, the Titans have given up 14, 20 plus yard passes this year. 
Uh, they're, you know, they're not going to be, I mean, Diami Brown might be running wind sprints, but he's not going to be their main focal point of the offense this week. I think it's going to be Terry McLaurin. You've got uh, Logan maybe banged up a little bit. He's going to be questionable going into Sunday, Logan Thomas. So maybe McLaurin, this is going to be his week. I like his shot to get a nice long reception over 23 and a half. I think it was minus 115 on DraftKings. And uh, I was looking at the wide receiver cornerback chart on PFF. Uh, Terry's got a great matchup, uh, one of the top five or six uh, going into the week, according to PFF. Uh, so that Terry McLaurin getting back on track this season, over 23 and a half, longest reception. Uh, what are you looking at for player props this week? I like the McLaurin call. I mean, again, they were popping that explosive. Uh, I'm sorry, that was the tight side of the ball. Give but me Woods. Still, I, mean, I like I, Woods. Woods is 20 and a half. I bet that. There we go. That matchup. But the other thing with McLaurin is with Jahan uh, Dotson probably missing this game with a hamstring. Like Curtis Samuel is their underneath guy. McLaurin and Dotson have kind of been mixing in as the deeper threats. That's why it's been kind of inconsistent between the two of them. So, yeah, I like that McLaurin call a lot, as well as the Brees Hall over. I mean, everything really is leaning his way now. And to get that line, go for it. I'm going to take Devin Singletary scoring a touchdown plus one. 145 mm-hmm. over at bet MGM and honestly is over rushing and receiving at 74 and a half. The pills are 14 point home favorites. We have Singletary with back-to-back weeks with a workhorse role. Like, you know, how many times we need to see the guy have this role before we just kind of admit that he's, basically should be treated as a borderline RB1 in fantasy football. This is what he did in the final five to seven weeks of last year. They keep trying James Cook. He dropped a pass last week, and they benched him again. Like, he just can't get out of the doghouse right now. And Zach Moss, hey, I don't. he is a little healthier this year, but clearly, again, we've seen multiple weeks now with healthy Zach Moss, with healthy James Cook, and Devin Singletary is the workhorse. And they're going to need him more than ever as a receiver, too. So we have a chance to get in with all that, with Jamison Crowder out for the season now, and with Isaiah McKenzie banged up and uncertain as well. I, I think they said today he's not quite out of the concussion protocol yet. Still has time to get there potentially. But yeah, I love all the Devin Singletary this weekend. He's also one of my favorite targets in uh, you know tournaments and honestly cash games alike. Also mentioned Dalvin Cook and you know some of the things he's set up for. Touchdown only minus 110 at BetMGM. Just one score this season. And again, the shoulder, like, okay, if he re-injures it during the game, like that's going to be unfortunate. And you know, that's obviously always a risk we got to play with. But it didn't impact his usage last week. Over 20 touches that's really been the constant with the Vikings, you know, and under the past regime and now with the current one as well. So that was good to see there. And I just think again, to get even money on that, I will take it. And finally, Zach Wilson, longest completion over 33 and a half at minus 115 over at Caesars. He already got one over last week. Look, this dude has the mindset of Jameis Winston. Like he, for better and for worse, you have to defend every square into the field because he's going to be chucking it deep. He's facing a Dolphins defense that's been bottom five and pretty much every cover statistic. Xavier Howard's banged up. Byron Jones still isn't coming back. So it's a situation where I think, yeah, we're probably going to see some horrific plays, but these wide receivers are too damn good not to at least bust one up against the secondary. And I think having Wilson under center, you know, the guy's crazy enough to keep on trying, even if the first couple uh, aren't exactly working out for him. All right. So that's going to do it for our sports betting and prop section of the show. Uh, if you want to get access to basically what, what site has the best lines on a lot of props, you can get that over at Scores and Odds for free. That is our sports betting app. If you want to get access to picks, I know I started there last week. I went 3-0-1, so a nice little start for me. I've got some picks uh, over there for this week. Uh, and I know our team is up, I don't want to say a bajillion units, but uh, you know I think it's like 40, at least 30 or 40 so far. Through the first Through the first uh, four weeks, you just bet everything uh, in NFL that the prop team puts up and you're doing pretty good over at scores and odds. So make sure to go check that out. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, all right, let's go into DFS. Uh, that's still a way we can all make money uh, playing fantasy sports. Uh, let's start at the quarterback position. Uh, in terms of cash games, it's it's I haven't narrowed, and sometimes I'll have like a, a shell lineup, and I don't really have one this week, but it basically is do you spend or do you save? So, so if you spend, Ian, let's try to break it down. Is it Josh Allen or is it Jalen Hurts? And then if you save, is it Tom Brady or are you really going to dive deep with maybe uh, a Geno, maybe Hopi repeats, or even an Andy Dalton against uh, that Seattle team that actually plays no defense? Here. So first off, if you got to pick between Allen or Hurts at the top, which one is it this week? It's it's Josh Allen, I think. I'm not confident enough in the Cardinals. It's funny how the storyline's gone from Jalen Hurts. Last year, he only got his fantasy points in the fourth quarter. Now he can't be in a competitive game enough where he's even really still having his foot on the gas in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, with the way the Cardinals have been playing this year, I'm just not confident that he's going to need to be, you know, really at his best for more than 30 or 40 minutes in this one. And I get the same sentiments true with Josh Allen, but just as fantasy friendly as Jalen Hurts can be, like there just isn't anyone close to Josh Allen four top five finishes to start this season. He's been more, you know, more consistent even than Jalen Hurts. Even that Dolphins game where they scored like 19 points or whatever it was and they had the safety and all that. Like he throws for 400 yards. He's going to be, he's been a far more effective runner than Jalen Hurts. I do lean Josh Allen, but honestly, man, I'm not even feeling the need to go up that high because Tom Brady seeing him price down this low again, complete smash spot at home. The Chris Godwin attempt and cash makes a ton of sense with where he is priced. I Dude, they ran the ball. They gave the ball they're running back six times last week and i know that was against the chiefs and it's a different de- defense and everything but i think when all these wide receivers are here like we saw what the game plan of this offense is throw the ball and brady's gonna check it down otherwise and also like you know we've hardly ever seen a quarterback more willing to take away those goal line rush attempts and you know go throw some fades to big mike evans down there so i think brady at 6k is moving cash yeah, I like that one too. It's basically spender save. Alan Hurts or uh, Tom Brady would be my choice if you were saving a little bit. Uh, tournaments, you've got a couple interesting choices. You like that Zach Wilson uh, over longest res- uh, com- completion prop. You're going to him in GPPs. I know there's some Carson Wentz chatter. I sort of like, you know, are we forgetting Justin Herbert can throw for 400 yards against anybody? And he's got, he probably won't have Keenan Allen, but Mike Williams can certainly, I mean, that's a a really nice pairing. You've got Austin Eckler or you've got Gerald if you wanted to double stack. And there's a couple, you know, you can run that back with a Nick Chubb and a Joku and Amari Cooper pretty easily. I think that's pretty interesting from a tournament perspective. Uh, You know, give me your, give me your thoughts. 
again, it's this Dolphins defense that's already been really bad this year. I mean, we saw Lamar absolutely torch them. We saw the Bengals absolutely torch them and then give the ball to Joe Mixon 30 times for some reason as well. And you just look at it overall, man, this year. They're 30, they're dead last in fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks. They're 28th against wide receivers. I mean, 30th in yards per attempt allowed. Byron Jones is not back. He's not close to being back, unfortunately. And now Xavier Howard, your number one corner that was bang, playing banged up already, hasn't practiced all week. So now we have an already terrible defense going to the backups of that terrible defense. So I just think that as much as, okay, I get it, Zach Wilson, you know, there are far more lows than highs. We have seen him just have the willingness to keep throwing and throwing. And hey, if they are going to be going up against a Teddy Bridgewater led offense that I think is still capable of scoring some points, this could be, you know, a sneaky shootout that I think uh, we look up at the end and both teams are in the 30s and we're not, you know, completely surprised because there is a lot of firepower in that Jets passing game. We got Brees Hall as the rusher man. So Zach Wilson just trying to stay ahead of the curve a little bit. Look, we saw Trevor Lawrence have some blow up games early on in the season, thanks to his far better supporting cast. So even though we didn't quite get the performance out of Zach Wilson last week, you know, over the full game that we wanted, we still did see some flashes. And again, just to see him down all the way at 5.3, that's going to allow us to get up. Because once again, in tournaments, I think, you know, good practice is just looking where all the value is and you can kind of see what the general lineup builds. And I think there's just so much in the middle of a lot of this that really kind of giving yourself a chance to have, you know, a, a rags and riches short, uh, sort of group here paying really low for, you know, your Zach Wilson and wide receiver stacks and then going up and getting your Christian McCaffrey's or whoever could be the move. Um, final note will be Kirk Cousins. Again, I just like the idea of attacking some of this Vikings offense against a Bears defense that I just really haven't seen anything from this year, both uh, in the run and the pass to really be a them you look at the quarterbacks they've i mean they got absolutely smashed by uh uh aaron Rodgers, obviously and that's kind of been a, cur a current trend you know he tells them that obviously after every touchdown he scores but the other games this year i mean they got trey lance in week one in a freaking uh, mud pit they got daniel jones and tyrod taylor last week and they got davis mills i believe uh before that so i think this bears defense could low-key be one of the worst in the league and again getting a vikings team at home could spell trouble at all three levels all right, let's go to the running back position, and I'm going to maybe throw you a curveball. I want to ask you first, what are we doing with Lenny Fournette? Because if we want to play Tom Brady, right, because they're going to throw the ball all over. Can Fournette got there last week on three rush attempts. He got into the end zone, but he had seven receptions on seven targets for 57 yards. He is definitely capable of doing that. And he didn't really seed snaps until they were down quite a bit in that game to start. And then we saw – I don't know, man. I, that was something white uses was real. Yeah, so let's try to break this down. I'm looking at our ownership and a couple across the industry, and Leonard Fournette is getting steamed pretty heavily. Let Let's talk about him. Is he if you know? Obviously, we don't think he's going to get three rushing attempts again. But if his usage is maybe down a tick, is he a cash game viable running back for you this week? I'd rather go 300 less to Alvin Kamara right there. I think Kamara has the far better. I think he has a better matchup and just far higher touch ceiling at this point. I mean, the troubling thing with what they were doing with Rashad White last week was he came on and had his own drives. Like it wasn't like even it was kind of a situational thing. And, you know, he was just like the two minute back and the Buccaneers fell behind. It was, they legit gave Rashad White chances on entire drives. And Leonard Fournette, man, look, he was fantastic against the Cowboys in week one, over 100 rushing yards. And, you know, putting Michael Parsons in the hell on that one 
and uh, Chip Block they were bickering about the other day. But these last three weeks, the whole run game has just been stifled. And I get it. We'll take targets over rush attempts. But if Leonard Fournette's literally going to become more of a 60-40 guy, I just don't, don't want to really pay up that high for him. So for me, I'd rather go Brady and Goblin, at least in cash, and then Kamara. There are some other ways to save some money. I guess Damian Pierce is going to be uh, all the chalk this week. But, man, it's – Dude, the first three weeks of the year, he had 21 rushing yards before contact. And then week four, he had 90. So, like, it's one of those things where he's playing well. If you look at the missed tackles force and the yards after contact, like, he's an above average running back for sure. But the volume still isn't completely guaranteed. Burkhead is going to be out there when they're trailing when they're in these obvious pass first situations i know they're throwing at the pierce sometimes as well which is good but i don't think it's as sticky as his rush attempts and just the offensive environment's terrible the offensive line hasn't been helping him out at all so i just think we're still like a little bit too infatuated with damian pierce coming out of august like yeah that was awesome he had the 75 yard untouched touchdown last week i don't want to take away the guy's big plays but when i look at damian pierce versus like devin singletary i think both players are good I will take the Bills offense over the Texans offense a hundred times out of a hundred. And we have them at home as a 14 point favorite against the Steelers. Whereas Damian Pierce legitimately does have a chance of being game scripted out. So I much rather take Devin Singletary over Damian Pierce and Kamara over Fournette, even in cash. All right. Brees Hall's 5,400. Uh, you know, Easy. I like his over 10 and a half rush attempts. I think he looks pretty nice barring. I haven't seen what his practice report is for today. Our recording was Friday afternoon. Uh, but, I, 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 you know, Nixon bruises, I'm not really too concerned about that. I'm expecting him to be the lead back. And then there's a couple other guys, uh, the Patriots running backs. You, you know, pick your poison, play both. What, what What's the thought process between trying to figure out which one of these guys is going to be the one to score three touchdowns? Let's uh let's make sure Mac Jones is actually going to play. He has been practicing. They even said he was dancing at the beginning of practice uh, today. So seemingly vibes are high. And uh, I think Belichick said he's for much further along than he was last week. But if it's Bailey Zappi out there, man, I still don't want to mess with you know this Patriots offense potentially. Honestly, Mac Jones, even when he was out there, I mean, this was the league's six-ranked scoring offense last year. And I believe when Mac Jones like departed, they were bottom 10 in the league. So with that said, it is only a two-running back committee. The Lions are the league's worst scoring defense. So I think Stevenson at 5.5 is fine. Don't be afraid in tournaments, though, to pivot off of him down to Jeff Wilson. You know, I don't think Wilson's going to go completely under the radar, but there is Stevenson right next to him, and Brees Hall is only $100 cheaper. So, I, you know, even though Jeff Wilson doesn't give us, you know, the same sort of reception upside as either Brees Hall or Stevenson, you know, everything you said earlier about the 49ers just potentially ra- rolling all over these uh, Panthers. Hey, I could see Jeff Wilson, who's had, I believe, 20, 15, and 18 touches over the past three weeks, finding his way over 100 yards because he has been playing well. And then also, hey, two touchdowns for him, not the wildest thing in the world. So, yeah, also, if David Montgomery is going to be out, Khalil Herbert becomes viable at 5.9K again. I know he didn't quite come through for us last week, but the usage was all there. Only other two guys I had written down, Britain. These are for uh, tournaments more only just I think it's because of the attention being paid down to the Damian Pierce, Devin Singletary range. And then you can go up to Kamara Fournette. But we do have James Robinson and Miles Sanders sitting there as pretty decent favorites, lead backs, where yes, they are game script dependent more. You know, we could see Gamewell, we could see ETN come in there. At the same time, if the Eagles roll the Cardinals and if the Jaguars roll the Texans, two fairly reasonable, you know, assertions, we could see both those running backs flirting with 20 plus carries. And hey, with Miles Sanders' case, you know, I got to, uh, 
I'm, I'm doing all my injury roundups after this. You guys can catch the uh, PFF fantasy pod later where I go through everything. But once again, like we said last week, if Boston Scott is going to miss time with his rib injury, it takes one more guy out of the equation for Miles Sanders and it makes him that much more likely to get those goal line opportunities. So even stacking him with those defenses, man, uh, Eagles D and Miles Sanders and James Robinson and Jaguars D might be a great day to be great. Yeah, and the Eagles, too, using Sanders. I had him written down. It's a little leverage. Your hurts will be popular. The passing options will be popular as well. Gives you a little bit of leverage off of that. Uh, and I wrote down, too, uh, I have Nick Chubb. I mean, what you want a hundred, You want the 100-yard bonus on DraftKings? You want a touchdown and maybe two? He's got, you know, he's probably going to need, all, you know, the 100-yard bonus and the touchdown to be viable. And then if he gets the second one, he's definitely going to be in the range of GPP winning performance. The other guy that falls into that territory is Derrick Henry. Both of those guys, Henry uh, is sub 10%. Chubb is sub 5% currently right now. And it's that'll be a little bit of a contrarian build, spending up on running back. Because, you know, the high-end running backs haven't really had the huge performances the high-end wide receivers have so far this year. Uh, but both of those guys looking juicy from uh, an ownership perspective to get a little different at running back. Uh, all right, let's go to wide receiver. So if you do you prefer there's the Cooper Cup and cheap build? You know, Cooper Cup and pick your two favorite, you know, sub 5K wide receivers. Or do you just want to hammer the Chris Godwin tier? What is he? 5'9". You've got uh, who else is in here? You've got uh, Chris Olave, 5'7". You've got a, Drake London's going to get a ton of targets at 5,900. Do you just prefer that mid-tier or do you just you do you want an actual guaranteed 30 fantasy points in Cooper Cup and take your shot? on a couple of the cheapy wide receivers i've been able to pretty much get get to get both because i think i'm just going a little bit lower than you at the running back position getting away from uh fournette and some mm-hmm. oh yeah and if you don't pay up a quarterback that's the thing if you go down to brady and you don't pay up to eight yep. uh eight point two for josh allen or something then you're able to go up and get cooper cup 27.1 uh ppr points per game this season he was at 25 uh, i heard he had year. a record-breaking year that was unrepeatable last year this year's Cooper or this year's Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. Who would have thought? But yeah, so cool with him. Chris Olave at 5.7K, absolutely fine, particularly if Michael Thomas is gonna again be sidelined. Yeah, Chris Goblin completing that Brady stack. Also want to completely dismiss our guy Curtis Samuel, maybe more of a tournament play because we have seen the floor in this Carson Wentz led Washington offense. But you know, just again having Jahan Dotson out, Curtis has been the most consistent guy already because of that low average target depth. So don't completely forget about him. Britt, do we have a uh, read on any weather issues? I haven't gotten a chance to check yet. Uh, I don't believe. I think this week's pretty good. I can bring up on Roto Grinders here real quick. Uh, keep talking. I'll, I'll take a double check. What we're L- looking at a few tournaments. I've talked about the Vikings offense. So obviously, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen with Kirk Cousins. Again, they're going to score a lot of points on this Bears offense. Let's have, you know, some different bullets to make sure we have exposure to that. Isaiah McKenzie, someone interesting at 5K with no more Jamison Crowder really should have a full-time role now for that Buffalo Bills offense. And hey, Stefan Diggs, don't ever forget about him. Like we talked about before with the running backs, high end, you know, being uh, just a, a little bit under owned. I do think, other than the Cooper Cup, where everyone's willing to pay up for that, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, maybe even some Debo Samuel. Those are the guys that, you know, if we are brave enough, especially in tournaments, to pivot away off Cooper Cup, those other high end receivers might not be a bad idea. Uh, getting cheaper, I do think there's some options, man, where the injuries involved kind of take them out of the cash game consideration. But Zay Jones, who we saw, do great things in the first three weeks. And then his replacement, Jamal Agnew, scored two touchdowns, should have been three. Last week, Zay Jones at 4,100 is fine. And also Rondale Moore at 4,100. Although with Rondale, he is banged up. And unfortunately, 
they played him on the outside last week, and that was great to see that. But on the other side of things, A.J. Green is back. Last year, we saw him take off Rondale for A.J. Green. So I am a little worried that Rondale has to split snaps in the slot with one Greg Dorch. So tournament only. Otherwise, I'd be hyping up Rondale for cash. But yeah, 41, uh, just 4,100 for both those guys. What the uh, weather say? I didn't, I didn't see it. Buffalo cannot escape weather. They're the only ones really, we really have to worry about. Uh, windy, <sighs> 15 mile per hour, sustained winds and stronger gusts. It is Friday. Who really knows, but that's about it. There's no rain, no slick balls, no nothing okay. like that this week. It's Josh Allen. He can throw through that shit. Come on. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to uh, – oh, yeah. I wanted to note. Uh, so, again, I want to note Terry McLaurin and Robert Woods as some deep tournament GPP sleepers. Both those teams give up deep plays. Uh, we've got Traylon Burks out for Tennessee. If, for some reason, they're not able to run Derrick Henry all over Washington, which they have a reasonably good run defense – uh, I do like Robert Woods to possibly pop off for a big game in this one. Uh, all right, let's go to tight end. Uh, all right, let, let's hash it out here. It's it's a pretty horrible week. There's no Travis Kelsey. There's no Mark Andrews. Uh, I do like the Mark Andrews over prop with Bateman not looking to play. I think he was at 68 or 69 and a half yards. Go hit the over on that one. But on the main slate, our highest priced tight end is George Kittle at 5,200. Now, I'm not sure. But the last time I saw George Kittle, he was on the milk carton. He's mi- he's been missing, Ian. Uh, are we are we going to try to play ridiculous. this dude? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Look, I'm all for shout out. Uh, you know, we were poking some fun about the George Kittle playing a bunch of left tackle. He ran a route on 86 percent of Jimmy G's dropbacks. Like it was probably two or it was literally I think three or four snaps that you know we're making that big of a fuss about. And the man was literally an inch away from hauling in that short touchdown. Uh, unfortunately, stepped out of bounds. Rare mistake from one of the best tight ends in the league. So, dude, just it's 5200, and he's not even like the chalk. Like this is just ridiculous. So I, I'm absolutely in on George Kittle in tournaments. I don't want to pay up that high in cash. I do recognize that when. With Debo, with Ayuk there, you know, it's going to be crowded. But you said it yourself earlier, man. Like, you don't think this 49ers offense is going to stay being this bad. They're 27th in scoring right now. And I agree with you. And George Kittle, even though if he's not going to be the most consistent part of that, we have seen the booms. And the booms are freaking 15 target games where it looks like the man will never be stopped again. So, I think Kittle, I even think TJ Hawkinson, still only 4,900 after last week. If Amonra's back, like, okay, that changes things. But, you know, just, again, when we don't have Amonra and we don't have DJ Chark, we know DeAndre Swift, Hawkinson does become the guy in the underneath areas of the field. So I don't think he's going to, you know, have another 81 yard catch and run this week. But at the same time, like he actually was a little bit unlucky in that game. Goff missed him for an easy short touchdown at the goal line before halftime, obviously made up for it later. So I do think paying up in tournaments, man, they're just, we know they're underpriced and they still don't seem to be, you know, all that chalky. So why the hell not? Yeah, imagine not playing TJ Hawkinson last week, by the way. Uh, couldn't couldn't be me, but <laughs> couldn't even be us. Couldn't, couldn't be us. Uh, all right, let's go. A uh, couple other players. Let's break down. So Tyler Higby, if you just want a bunch of – it's Cooper Cup and it's Tyler Higby. This is the Rams passing offense. I wonder what this Matthew Stafford interception – it's got to be like minus 140 for him to throw an interception. That's actually the highest – I looked this up uh, this week. The highest combined target share from any two teammates in the league. It's Cup and Higby. Yeah, so like Higby is looking like the chalk play, 4,300 on DraftKings, looks pretty reasonable for a guaranteed amount of targets. Ertz is looking pretty good too, he's 4,800, I think he's in line for guaranteed targets, because again, just like the Rams, there's really no one else to catch pass in Arizona, so Look Ertz between is, them! Yeah, that's our he, guy. He, 
Uh, oh, Dale's got. I'm definitely on yeah, Dale's yeah, Goddard yeah. this week. So I bet I bet Goddard over 18 and a half longest reception, and I bet him over 41 and a half yards already. So yeah, no, I I think Goddard could be also just a nice little pivot off of chalky Tyler Higby. So yeah, paying up at tight end this week, man. Pay up at tight end, uh, and then go you know boomer bust kind of rags and riches at the other positions. That's gonna be my main tournament strategy. And cash though, I do think man that Hunter Henry at twenty nine hundred, especially if Mac Jones is back, makes a lot of sense. Uh, they called Johnu Smith week to week, so I'm sure they're still gonna list him uh, questionable. And I know he has been out there limited, but this is the Patriots for you. So when they called him week to week, I'm kind of guessing and he's either not going to be involved or he's going to be completely ruled out. So I am fine. Cheapest you can go with Hunter Henry at 2,900 in that, you know, slam dunk matchup against the Lions. So I do think uh, that's going to be my cash game there. I like what uh, Mario Donizzi is saying in the comments about the urge revenge game factor. You got to keep that in mind here, Brett. We got some, uh, we got some good revenge games this week. Yeah, I wonder what the guy before him was talking about. That looks like some good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. That's going to about do it for the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show. Oh, hey, we- one last thing. One oh, last yeah, thing. Cowboys 2.5K defense and cash. Again, highest right. pressure advantage of the week against Stafford. You just mentioned the prop. And I don't know. I mean, it depends on the projections. I think they might be the highest on defense, but like, I don't think it's going to be as outrageous as we've seen in past weeks. If it is, though, then you can go right underneath that to Houston versus Jacksonville. I mean, look, Trevor Lawrence last week, absolutely horrendous. And I know the weather had something to do with it, but by far PFF's lowest graded passer. And, you know, again, it's a, it's, and when we're getting this cheap on defense, you you know, we can't have it all if we at least have, you know, a potentially not terrible defense against a quarterback who we do know is mistake prone. Sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, you mentioned the two highest projected own defenses. The Cowboys there we go. 15, 15%. Again, this is Friday. Things that's change. not bad, though. That's not, yeah. We seem like 30 sometimes. Yeah, these are for large field tournaments. And then the Texans are coming in uh, just under 10%. Titans, Bears, and Seahawks. Basically, cheap defenses are ruling the week over on DraftKings so far. Uh, All right, that's going to do it for the week five edition. Hopefully you guys got some good DFS advice. You go hit the sports books, take all of their money. Go check out Ian's article and everything else over at Pro Football Focus. Go check out scores and odds if you like free money. I just, I don't understand, Ian. There's just, there's all this money out here. The sports books, the DFS sites, the shows, we're all just handing them out. Ohio soon, man. It's uh, under 100 days. I can't wait. And you play, you can't play the prop sites, can you? You're just getting the sports books. I got a few. Uh, I know a few guys, but it's gonna be nice to be able to do it. Uh, you know, more above yeah, the from belt. your phone whenever that you want it without having to send <laughs> a bad signal up in the air. I know what you mean. Uh, all right, we're gonna get out of here, Ian. As fun as always, uh, great doing the show with you. Uh, I'm Britt. He's Ian. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you.